What is up, everyone? Welcome back for another episode of Questions You Never Thought to Ask, the Whitewater Kayaking Podcast. My name is Seth Ashworth, and I've got a very fun episode coming up for you this week with Adrian Mattern for the second time on this podcast's history. In this podcast history, I should say. Anyway, before we get started, big shout out to the people who support this podcast on Patreon. Patreon is a crowdfunding platform that allows you to chip in a couple of dollars every month and help keep this podcast going. And in return, you'll also get early access to the podcast, sometimes uh, as much as a few weeks before it's in general release. And experimenting new this week and hopefully more episodes in the future I also put it out there for Patreons to have some exclusive access to what happens during the podcast. So I had a questions and answers phase with Adrian in this podcast, which was questions that only came from those Patreon people. So if you want to be involved in that and uh, and help keep this keep this show on the road, I would really appreciate it. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash seth ashworth that's patreon.com slash seth ashworth if you are able to help out that's great i really appreciate it and if not that's okay too i really appreciate listening and i will see you or you will hear me you will hear me in the next episode peace all right welcoming back to the podcast for the second time the most efficient german i know mr adrian matter and adrian welcome back to the program thanks for having me seth stoked to be here I am. I was just actually listening back through the last time we spoke, which was almost two years ago now, and it was. It kind of struck me. I was like, "Oh, I should definitely get Adrian on again because uh, he is going to have some good stories from the last time that I saw him." And the last time we spoke um, in on a podcast, not not in real life, but mm-hmm. last time we spoke on a podcast, you had like elusively mentioned that you were going to a, an Asian country to do some waterfalling and since time has gone on uh, that trip was like java indonesia was it java you were on mm-hmm. yep and i know from my time in indonesia that indonesia is a much more challenging place to be exploring than i had anticipated and that i had experienced <laughs> previously in my uh, exploration uh, experience and so i wondered if we could start this program today by giving us a rundown of um why you went to java what you were trying to do there and some of the challenges that you encountered on your kayaking trip <laughs> well sir first things first you my friend were not alone who was surprised how hard it can be to go explore in indonesia <laughs> yeah, no, no yeah so uh basically it all started, I think, like 2016, 17, around that time, where basically the boys, Dane, Caleb, Brent, myself, we just found the Instagram explore function, which, uh, you know, sometimes shows you beautiful women or fast sport cars. Big time siphon. Waterfalls. <laughs> Big time siphon. But like, once in a while, some really promising looking waterfalls kept on popping up on my explore tab and i would like send it to the boys and be like where is this let's check that out let's let's make a note for it you know just kind of that type of thing so and we just kept on doing that basically whenever we see a waterfall it goes in the group and and that list of potentials just grows and uh yeah we hung out in zambia we're paddling on the zam we're making plans for uh for that 2020 season to come up because that's we, we went last year 
pretty much one year ago I went to to Indonesia. So you know we were on the Zam making plans for what to do for February, March, April, and just put some pinpoints of those waterfalls we found on Instagram together. And it turns out like a lot of those pinpoints were in Java, Indonesia, or I, I should say Indonesia in general, but a lot of them in Java as well. So then we like track down the places, try to find pictures of those waterfalls at high water, at low water, just to make a good guess on like what what drops could be worth checking out. And there were lots of potential maybes which look kind of good to go on the internet. Yeah, man. So we just decided to go for it. Came with the crew. Can, can, wait, can we segue? Can we segue for a second? What What are you looking for when you see a picture on Instagram and you say? that could have potential because there's things i'm looking for but i want to know what is it that you are looking for when you see when you see a photo and you're like ooh, i wonder what what it what are the things you're looking for that make you go i wonder females (laughs) (laughs) no no well what makes me wonder i wonder basically i always really enjoy volcanic rock i love to see volcanic rock because that usually also leads to clean lips without much chance of reconnect or some fuckery on the way down and also volcanic rock tends to have deep pools so whenever i see that i'm like "Ooh, look at that promising looking and then you have like those steep walls at the bottom you know so you can just imagine how this pool is super deep and beautiful and perfect in every single way um yeah, usually that's what makes me wonder. It's like a it's like a clean lip, organic rock, and nice and deep pool. And yeah, nice and deep pools. Like, and there are so many of those kind of looking drops on Instagram. It's unbelievable. We had a huge list. And uh, yeah, so I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I totally cut into your story there. But yeah, so you, anyway, you decide on Java. You're and then you're like, okay, we're gonna go make it happen. Everybody flies out. Pick up the story from there. Yeah. So, okay, we're going to make it happen. Found some contacts, some amazing Indonesian kayakers who live in Java, who were keen to help us out with logistics and everything, which was clutch. So we flew out to Jakarta, met up with the boys, got cars, and then basically just typed in the waterfalls uh, in Google Maps and drove there and uh, tried to do them. But uh, yeah, encountered lots of issues on the way, which I mean, kind of were to be expected, but we still wouldn't want to admit that but i mean of course give us us an outline of what some issues you're encountering look like yeah so number one is for sure the is the waterfalls themselves like 80 percent of the waterfalls we scouted had super shallow landings um and that is probably because also it's indonesia you know it's super monsoony if that is a word i don't know it's super monsoony over there, meaning heavy rainfall and also dry season. So it's not very common that riverbeds have like a, you know, like a similar flow all the time. Like they're either super big or super small, which then I think leads to a lot of sediment getting flushed down into the bottom pools and not being able to like flush out over time. So lots of lots of waterfalls, which looked so promising online or even up on first inspection, just turned out to be waist deep because there was sand at the bottom, um, which was obviously a huge, huge bummer. So that was that was a big problem. Um, another one, which I already kind of mentioned, is just the unpre- unpredictability of the water levels. Like I, I experienced one flash flood there where the river of an actually runnable 
pretty sick 70 80 footer flashed within 20 seconds and must have quadrupled its size it was crazy like uh, me and Bren were filming from this island in the middle of the river. Dane went first, had a sick line. Bren was about to go up and run, and then I can just—I just remember seeing like a couple of empty plastic bottles and like a little bit too much wood for me to not raise an eyebrow coming down the river. I was like, "Hold up, Bren, wait a second here. I have a weird feeling about this." And then, fuck, man, a couple seconds later, it's just like brown, huge amount of water and shit comes down the riverbed and just fills up the waterfall it's crazy it's the biggest spot i've ever seen and we're just stuck on this stupid island <laughs> yeah i think bren had a there's a moment in one of the senders videos where that that whole that whole scene plays out and um yeah, yeah I, indonesia i found crazy to be how how quickly stuff could go up and down um it's and i've crazy, like ecuador huh? like i've been in colombia and ecuador that have similar some of the rivers have this similar like quick flashing um properties but nothing like like that was the next level of quick flashing um from what i experienced at least yeah i would agree with that i mean we did trips to india before where also flash flooding has been a problem or is a problem but it doesn't even come close to the absolute crazy difference within minutes or seconds in indonesia like we we would scout a waterfall in the morning getting there it being way too low and then coming back after lunch and it's been raining for four hours and the thing would be flooded it was wild it was really really wild which obviously made it really tricky but we all, we also had more issues because i mean you know the jungle in indonesia is unbelievably thick it's unbelievably thick um we did a couple of first first days on a few rivers which actually were really cool i have to say like Pretty nice class four five boulder garden small slides stuff like that but but no big waterfalls we were hoping for but even scouting those and just making sure we're not gonna maneuver ourselves into some trouble like just romping through the woods was super super savage and i had like the worst the worst burned leg sensation ever like it was so bad i remember one day i ate all the painkillers i could find and it wouldn't go away and i just tried everything Oh god, it was so bad thinking about that. Yeah, I remember having me and, me and David there. Silk had a similar thing in Sumatra, just like totally. Like, and I was really sick when we were in Sumatra too. Just again, like totally lit up, and then like basically <laughs> only limiting our scouting things to like areas where you could either wade in the river or like there was already like it was already some kind of path you know near someone's <laughs> property or something and i was just like yeah I, I don't have i can't do it like i'm so sick and i just don't yeah, have God. fortitude in me at the moment to take this like thick dense jungle snakes spiders sharp oh. plants things that give you that burning like leg feeling like i just <laughs> i just can't i cannot you do cannot. sound quite traumatized my friend <laughs> <laughs> so what was the so obviously a very challenging trip for all the reasons that you laid out and as well as you know the other logistical challenges and uh you know visas and filming and meeting people and and all the other things that come with a kayaking trip um especially one where you're trying to film and stuff um what were some takeaways you had there that you want to put into your the next time you go on an exploratory trip takeaways from that one well most important i mean that's not a new thing but it's just another great reminder is crew is 
the most crucial thing you can think of. Like we were like basically it was a bust, you know, we got like one eighty footer, a couple thirty footers and like four or five like rivers. But we did not realistically speaking, we we didn't get we didn't get what we came for. We didn't get to run three, four perfect seventy to hundred foot waterfalls. That didn't happen. At the same time, though, we all still had a great time and there was lots of laughing and fun along the way because I was with such a great crew and we were able to keep the spirit up. And yeah, just another reminder that for me, the crew is super, super important and you got to be able to to laugh, laugh away bad situations rather than lose yourself in it. And uh, yeah, I mean, with the boys, that works really well. So that was awesome. Other takeaways... Um, well, I, I learned to like gauge what makes the waterfall good and bad way better over there, which now obviously helps me with like scouting for future projects. I now have way more knowledge about factors. I wouldn't contribute to like deciding whether waterfall is good or not in my head right now than I had before, just things I never thought of. And uh, I know how to use a, what's it called? Not a boomerang, it is a, Slipping words here. What's the knife you, you, you go through the jungle with? Machete. 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 Yeah. I am now an Indonesian certified machete master. Yeah, the secret is don't cut towards yourself, always cut on diagonals. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I, go I gotta echo then. I gotta I gotta echo what you were just saying about who you're with there, really making you making or breaking your trips. When uh when we were in Sumatra, it was just me, David Silk and Ben Sanderman. And there was one night where basically Ben and I were taking turns at being really sick throughout the whole trip. And the, one of the funniest moments was like after my 10th visit to the toilet that day, coming back into like the little like communal area, <laughs> two bedroom cabin that we had rented mm-hmm. and like sitting down on the couch with David and like refilling my water bottle and just feeling like death. And then and then uh, the like simul like David and I like hear a little sound, look at each other. We hear this mm-hmm. like pitter patter of feet, and then we just hear Ben Sandman puking <laughs> his guts out, like so like so loud. It's like uh, David had a movie on his computer, and it was so loud. It was like louder than the max volume of his computer, and uh, <laughs> and it's like a horrible situation. And we just like. You okay? You okay, Ben? And he's like, yeah, bruh. And the next day we were able to like laugh about it and like, you know, get get back down to trying to go kayaking and um, you know, just but if you're with two different people, that might have been an, not as fun of an experience. Um, so yeah, cr- crew is definitely it's it. That's the thing. Man, for sure. Like it was so important to like be with the peeps you know and you trust and you like you know how far you can push it. Not only just to like keep the fun up and keep the motivation high, but also like making crucial decisions when on the river. Like we did this one river where we put on pretty late, even though it was the first day. We knew there was a gorge coming up, which was obviously very clever. And uh, you know, we we find ourselves up top on the gorge, and we're trying to like make a decision, and you know, not trying not to be stupid but also still trying to get something accomplished and and not trying to be super slow and just like being able to like 
gauge or know like what the other persons can or cannot do while staying in their comfort zone just made life way easier and we were able to just like commit to it and push through the gorge or decide otherwise you know so that was really nice um other takeaways i will for sure bring a mosquito net for everywhere i go uh it's just a necessity for me i think nowadays and getting old, yeah, you know. You're getting older, man. You've got to get those luxuries <laughs> in while you can. Yeah, bro. I now feel bothered by bugs. Um, but yeah, I, well, if if another takeaway, which basically goes the exact opposite from such a disencouraging trip, is to not give up and 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 just keep on chasing that perfect waterfall. Because of course, you know, like it didn't work. It would be too easy if it would work out every single time, and. That's just part of the game, just as much, if not even more, than actually finding the perfect drop and, and getting to run it. Um, so all good from my side. It was still a great trip. Um, it's just just part of the game. All right, next thing I want to talk about. Um, do, are you familiar with another Red Bull kayaker, slalom kayaker from England named Joe Clark? Yes, sir. Six slalom kayaker. I think he won a gold at the Olympics, I don't know, a couple of Olympics ago. Really nice guy. Anyway, I was I was just cruising Red Bull videos. Um, I don't know when this was. And uh, anyway, Joe Joe Clark, I saw like a Joe Clark slalom like video on the Red Bull channel, and I'm like cruising mm-hmm. through it. And he's like, yeah, that's why he's I don't know explaining. Um, he's explaining something about like how to trying to keep his kayak light, you know, because he's like those little slalom kayaks. And he's like, yeah, that's why a lot of kayakers have very thin legs, you know, because you don't really need all that too much muscle power down there. And I thought about Joe Clark skipping leg days. And uh, and then I thought skipping leg days is a terrible idea, especially if you're interested in biking with your kayak all around Europe or all around Austria for some reason. And then I thought, oh, Adrian and Bren just did a trip like that um, where you biked all around Europe uh, to go kayaking, even though you both have access to a car and, you know, petrol's not that expensive and... So let's talk about, let's talk yeah, about suffering on a bicycle all around Europe because I know that Bren is not a natural cyclist, although he has a frustratingly high back squat. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's not a big day, big leg day advocate. Why? He is not. Why did you both agree to go on uh, bike bike to boat around Austria? Well, bike to boat was really really cool and really fun, yet also somewhat spontaneous so basically i mean this the project idea or the, all of that undertaking is is not is not mine's or brand's work that all comes from olaf obsoma and jens klatt those two boys uh you know i'm sure I yeah their the original well. their original bike to boat project around europe i think i think it was philip bowers with them as well that first one yeah they had philip bowers with them they had that they big did, like, they did a big long long now. mission like you know they traveled a really long way across Quite quite a bit one, of Europe in the pre-COVID yeah, times. The, the one where they went from like they started in Cannes and went all the way, like basically all over the Alps, but French, Swiss, Austrian, German, like all 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 of the Alps basically. And then they did another one up in Norway, which was also super savage. Uh, so they they know how to do it and how to work it. And uh, yeah, it was just time for number three, but this time the idea was to like not use any car in any way you know no support car no car to get us to like the turn off like just just leave the house 
with a with a bike and a trailer with all the stuff loaded to go kayaking for three weeks and then hopefully return to that exact same house with uh the stuff you left three weeks ago and not using a car until then and that was that was basically the idea which sounded super sweet in my head when i first heard it uh, i had did do regret that decision a lot of times it sounds idyllic bike, almost doesn't it it's like i'm just gonna go kayaking for three weeks starting <laughs> at home finishing at home it sounded great and you're like oh it does sound great you're like yeah man i'm getting to like rediscover all this stuff i haven't been to in forever and that makes so much sense because now i'm living in innsbruck too this and that and then i mean next thing you know there's a pandemic happening and i think the timing was really really good i think that's why it was so so easy to commit to it you know like we were able to like still discover something and really challenge ourselves really hard whilst being not far away from home by like kayaking standards you know like we were at no point were we further away than like six hours by car from innsbruck during those three weeks and it yet still felt like an adventure of its own with like really special moments and really challenging moments and we basically had everything you need for proper adventures good times bad times and everything in between but yeah, we committed. We said, Olaf, yes, we're coming. And let's uh, let's just talk about how much training did you do between the time you said, Yes, Olaf, we're coming with you to the time that you started your mission. Well man, you'd be surprised. I took it super serious. I did like two months of training, two okay. and a half maybe. I did like one and a half maybe. Um but like I I mean, I got super lucky because I knew I was going to go do it. And I had this appointment at the Red Bull Athletic Performance Center lined up anyways. So I just went there and I was like, hello, people. I'm trying to do this with my kayak and my bike. Tell me what to train. And, and they did all these like tests for like my power and shit. And like such a classic, such a classic kayaker composition, like super strong upper body, really strong core. But my legs were just a joke, which, uh, yeah was quite disencouraging before leaving for bike to boat <laughs> but uh, yeah, i just jumped on the bike and did my did my four or five times a week different like all types of different training with the bike long sessions sprints intervals everything in between and then i really prepared for it and i'm really happy i did that because i was already then fighting hard enough and i was a lot of the times on my limit and i don't think i would have been able to do it without that training taken so seriously I'm I'm gonna get Bren on at some later point because I know he has a great story about this like budget training bicycle he bought. Um, so I don't want to get into that too much. But on your main adventure, um, were, were you met? Who was who was the obviously like probably Olaf or Jens is is you know they know what they're getting into. Are, are they like leading the pace and you and Bren are just trying to keep up, or uh, are you out in front? Like, what's the dynamic out there on the road? really really well mixed so like like i mean olaf and, and jens they just have spent years on their bikes you know they, they know how to do it they're trained for it um whereas Brent and myself are just just not you have to be honest about it we don't do biking sports um i do have a little bit of rugby background but then i don't think Brent has any running sports background so i think he had like the least uh optimal uh opt like positive outlook on it but he's you know i mean you know him bren is the most stubborn person i know so he made up with and that. he's a, he's actually uh, so a decent a... runner like for for being a kayaker yeah. he he's yeah. quietly quite good at running and and as i mentioned 
his back squat is frustratingly high. He's a, he's a good runner, and he's just so stubborn. And I, I think that that is really, really important with projects like that. But um, yeah, so we really switched through because we obviously also were going to make a movie about it, and everybody had like a a job and a and a, a role to fulfill to do that. You know, it would be like whoever was in front would like bike a little bit, and then when he was ahead of the pack would like step off and whip the camera out. It's also a great excuse to uh, take a break, take a break. Mm, but uh, yeah, you no just doubt. whip the camera out, you know, and be like, okay, I'm just going to take some pictures of you guys. And if you could do that again, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it was that. And then eventually we'd get the shots and then the other peeps would keep on going. And eventually one person would get ahead of the group and you would like then do the same thing. So it was really, really mixed through. Um, I was quite surprised, but I would say with downhills, I was probably going the most reckless, is, but that's, I mean, I've just been riding motorbikes for a long time and I, I trusted my bike, so I just gave her hell. Um, whereas Bran was on his like cheaper bike with way less reliable brakes, you know, so maybe he wasn't feeling as comfortable to go as fast as possible on, on a bicycle, which, you know, is totally fair. Uh, but uphill, it was like super, super even, I would say. Interesting. And what was, um, you obviously got to paddle a lot of Austrian classics on that trip and um, a lot of takeaways. And I'm sure if I said what what was uh, the most important takeaway, you'd probably come back to what we just said before, right? Like crew is everything. For sure. For sure. Like if you're stuck in a shitty situation, you know, but you're like stuck there together and there's like, there's no other, I mean, you know, you're like at the bottom of this huge mountain with a road leading up it and you're just down there looking up like it feels impossible to picture yourself going up all that way with your bike and your trailer you know it's heavy as shit you're sore like all of that um then like you know you're next to your buddy and he's experiencing the same situation and you know there's no way out you know like there's there's no catcher car to like drive you up i can't just jump in the uber and, and go up there like that that's just a no-go so it's just like a really really hard challenge but the only way to get through is, is like to laugh it off and just go for it and and that is basically what bike to boat is the entire time because everything is always a mission it's everything is always a mission if you carry that much stuff around non-stop for rest days for sure but yeah just having that crew was super important and even though i mean olaf could easily be my dad you know but he's he's such a great guy we get along so good he's fucking hilarious i love him so much it's been it's been amazing it's been a really fun time and that was for sure the biggest takeaway for that trip is have a good crew be stubborn and do not listen to your legs whatever they might say they're lying what uh what kind of weight are we talking about on those uh those little trailers you're pulling um so we we did weigh everything through to just know about that so i think or i know that like the total weight of my equipment was 90 kilograms um take away the trailer and the bike you would look at maybe 60 to 70 kilograms of luggage. so you're like so wanna... for, for our american listeners you're somewhere in the like 160 to 180 pounds of of equipment more like more like 180 to 200 okay. no, no i don't think so, so. sorry you're right you're right yeah. no you're right yeah because so yeah, 100 like kilos would be 220 pounds so exactly it's a 2.2 conversion rate i keep on tripping uh yeah so 
you know, whatever the measurement, pretty heavy stuff. If it's yeah, it's heavy, no doubt, no doubt that it's heavy. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it, when, but that when was, you guys that said you were doing right? that trip, I was like, you know, there's just some things I guess we see differently about, and I'm happy for you guys <laughs> that I'm not involved in that. <laughs> All right, let's move yeah, it was, um, Sorry, Adrian. No, it was just of the one of those type two fun trips, you know, like type it will be fun once you. Yeah, it will be fun once you prove it. Definitely look like type two fun. All right, so some great takeaways from those trips there, and I'm I think people are going to enjoy those little things to think about percolate on. I I put it out there to my Patreon supporters. I was like, hey, I'm, I'm scheduling this uh, interview with Adrian. Um, hopefully, if you could ask him any questions, what questions do you ask? And to my surprise, there was a number of people on my Patreon who were like, oh yeah, I got a question for that guy. So I have um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, six, six or seven questions here from people who support on Patreon. So I'm going to run All through right. them, some of them are quick, some of them are slow, and we will see how you do. So question number one from Scottish Paddler, Poppy is, are you single? No, I'm not single. Ah. Things have changed, man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so growing up now, Adrian. Yeah, man. Time's well, changing. I'm sure man. Poppy's going to be disappointed. All right, let's move on very quickly. Um, do you consider yourself an athlete? How much do you plan your fitness and nutrition, or do you just send it? Um, well, that definitely changed. So I always wanted to like be as athletic as I as I can be, and take that take away to hiking as well for sure. Like that's always been a thing of mine, and I do enjoy working out and and, and going running and just making sure that. I'm on my way to become the best character I can possibly be become, if that makes sense. But over the years, that has taken on definitely more professionalism so that now I I watch my nutrition, I have like workout plans of like an actual strategy behind it. And I just try to make sure I stay fit and healthy because I'm I'm convinced taking that taking that serious and treating it well is definitely a game changer, which is gonna help me to be able to kayak harder for longer for sure and i feel so much better with it as well so yeah i'm trying the best i can to be an athlete i could not second everything you just said more i think since i have no since i've been like putting more time into my fitness since coronavirus started i have mm -hmm. noticed many many extra improvements um and i i'm optimistic about this spring to come to come into it very in a very fit manner all right uh, yeah. next up uh from jonathan riddle surfing is cool kayaking is cool surf kayaking is kind of a niche within a niche and is somehow not cool what his question was like you know when is send gonna start uh being surf kayakers and my question really is like a supplement to his question would be like what could we do? What would make surf kayaking cool? Or how could you <laughs> make surf kayaking cool? Well, I went surf kayaking once and I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. Um, when I was surfing, when I was doing anything else, I did not enjoy it. But when you're on that wave, it was awesome. Um, how to make surf kayaking cool? I would personally start with a lot of matte black equipment i think that would be a great first way to get things co looking cool <laughs> mm, besides yeah, that i don't I, know the answer to this one i think i'm going to try and do another podcast at some point with sam ellis because he's getting really into yeah, it at the moment but i think there's some amazing stuff happening in, in surf kayaking 
uh, I love the progression which is happening with that French surf kayaker right now. It's just mixing all the different aspects of the sport into it. Um, I just think it's going to take a little bit longer until it will eventually catch on, maybe, and reach more people. I don't know. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Maybe, maybe yeah. one day. One day, maybe. But once right. the rivers are all jammed up. Then, then there'll be no other choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next Just question from Laura. Stuff. Serious question. Favorite power up slash refuel whilst kayaking? Um, just curious if you could have. Oh, that's the second question. Sorry. Okay. First question. Um, first, first question. Sorry. I'm just I'm bad at reading. Uh, what's your favorite uh, fuel snack while you're kayaking? Rap balls. <laughs> My Rap favorite. Balls? Like, oh, honestly, I, I, I like to I like to drink a Rap Ball before going kayaking. I don't bring it on the river that 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 often, just because it's heavy. But it does its job beforehand. And while don't you find, on the don't river. You find do you find that you have to poo a lot more? Like, I can't really drink Red Bulls anymore because they, they do not I agree with my stomach. I tell you what, I, I did experience that same that same thing before. I nearly shit myself once because of that. It has to do, I think, with when I take it. I, I cannot drink it straight away before I go and do a physical task. That that doesn't work with me. But if I give it, like, half hour, it's perfect. But Honestly, I, I, I don't know if I'll one. ever drink a Red Bull again because of how much <laughs> it destroys my stomach. <laughs> No, I'm okay with that. But snack-wise, um, any kind of muesli bar, whatever gets those calories and sugars in you. Um, so there's this like really nice one euro seventy nine protein bar you can buy everywhere in Austria from Spar, and I think that might be the thing I've eaten the most last year when on the river because it just fits my PFD perfectly, and it's just that like, you know, those like. Just bigger than average muesli bars, which are like yep. nice. It's that size, so that's mm -hmm. that's that's probably my favorite snack and bring to on the river. Yeah, just you just want that like just big enough that it's like just fits in your life jacket, but not not so big that you have to break it to put it in there. <laughs> exactly, it's it's right within that comfort zone. Like I feel like I'm I'm eating two bites too many muesli bar, but it's it's not hideous yet. It's great. <laughs> All right, next question also from Laura. If you could have a superpower for 24 hours, what would it be and why? Hmm. That, of course, is a question I think about a lot in my free time. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to be able to breathe underwater and go probe some really crazy looking waterfalls. That would be nice. I think that would be practical in the short term. Would have been nice in Indonesia. Um, I've got three <laughs> questions here, but I'm actually going to, one of them was about the proposed cage fight between you and Bren that we talked about in our last, um, in our last podcast. Oh, right. But I'm actually, I'm just going to cut that one out because when I listen back to that one, I think we said that you guys had to get your page, the Stenders YouTube had to get over 20,000 in a certain time frame, And I don't believe you made the I've, time frame. So I've, I think I've you guys think are both off the hook for on end of fight. The I think we agreed end of the year and we broke through the 20k like January something. Actually, yeah, I, I can tell you, January I think you only first. just, I think you only just missed out on having to cage fight Bren though. So I, I do want to <laughs> keep that in everyone, in the forefront of everyone's mind that both you and Bren had agreed to it. So yeah, no, 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 we did. And you know, Bren went to MMA class for like all over summer. So I'm actually quite happy he didn't go through that. What I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there is there is nothing worse than just getting getting bren ripping your head off 
Um, all right, since we, just, yeah. since we just talked about it, next question is from Emily. Being a Red Bull athlete, how much Red Bull do you consume per day slash per month? Um, and do you feel like it's putting you in more danger of dying than on than some of the waterfalls and rivers you run? <laughs> no, not really. So, like, my average Red Bull consumption, I would say, is... I do it weekly because I think that gives me the best gauge. So I use it before uh, sport, sportive tasks. So when I'm hiking and I go out more, it's probably more than what it is right now. But I would say I'm weekly averaging somewhere between like three to eight, maybe something like that. Again, saying that I, I really try to like make sure and, and, you, and use it as a, like, you know, use it and not just drink it for the taste. So. I'm gonna drink it when I have to do something sporty. I I would um, literally never be able to leave the toilet if I was drinking three to eight red bulls a week. <laughs> three oh three red bulls a week. Yeah, that's that'd be way too much for me, man. My my tummy is. Uh, I'm getting older, Adrian. Damn. You know, like my, my tummy <laughs> likes less less things. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last question it's not from. We don't want it. <laughs> Last question from Emily. Since you are looking for new ink to expand your ever-growing um, tattoo collection, would you rather have Bren, Dane, or Caleb tattoo you with a cartoon schnitzel? <laughs> I like that question, Emily. Very good. Very good. <laughs> um, all right. Good question here. So... We have Caleb, who has a really good eye for photocop, for like pictures and shit. And we have Dane, who knows his ways of photography and illustrator as well. And we have Bran, who's inked as fuck and knows his illustrator. I would go with Bran. Yeah. Because one, he's inked, he knows what he's hopefully doing. Two, he knows illustrator. And three, I'm... I'm not really worried he's gonna he's not gonna understand me properly, you know. Maybe if I tell Dane what I want, it, it could fire backwards heavy. Yeah, you, it's a it's a bit of a scatter you know shot if Dane's understanding what you're saying, or if he just says yes and he's picking up that tattoo yeah, gun with big then, wide eyes. You know, yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, you get that like huge schnitzel of bacon and egg and a nine millimeter next to it. He's like, Yeah, that's how we do it in Tennessee. So you know, this could oh. be an idea for a future a future facet of your channel is just you know, you and Day, you and uh, Bren could just split on a tattoo Tattooing gun, and and you could just start tattooing maybe. each other. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I'm open for uh, entertaining content, including kayaking and tattoos. So, why I, not? Um, this is going to be a little se little segue here from this story before we wrap it up. Uh, in when I worked at Area 47 as a raft guide in like 2011, um, mm -hmm. there was another raft guide there, an Austrian guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was like 17 or 18, maybe, maybe he was just 18, and he had a lot of these tattoos. And the closer you looked at them, the more you like they kind of looked like a child had done them. And between <laughs> him and his friends, they had split on a tattoo gun. And when they were at parties, the first one to fall asleep would get tattooed in their sleep. <laughs> it was savage. savage. I don't know what savage. his like longer term, longer term plans were, but there was some on his legs that was just like what is that and <laughs> I, I sometimes wonder like i wonder what, what that guy looks like now uh you know like 10 years on <laughs> yeah do you know his name um 
It might have been Patrick, but I don't know. I can't. I can't remember. He was a really nice kid. Like he was eighteen. He was really nice. He probably drank a little bit too much, and that was the cause of some of his bad tattoos. But it was very entertaining because they like from far away. Like, oh yeah, guys got like tattoos on legs, whatever. But when you got up close and you like, you could really like just sit there and look at them for a second. It was like, what am I looking at here? why would you do that yeah man that's honestly like one of the few goals i have left in my humble life of tattooing is that i just don't want to get shit tattoos i really try to like not not have that happen to me yeah you guys I think you, 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 you and brent are doing okay on your uh on your acquisition so of tattoos so, so far so good Trying all right adrian that. i think this is a good place to wrap it up um is there anything you want to add for the people at home well Nothing rather than thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. I hope you support Seth and his Patreon account. He's doing a great job out there. Supplying you with the best kayaking podcast out there. And uh, yeah, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. All right, Adrian, where people can find you on uh, Adrian Matson Kayak on Instagram and um, Sender's YouTube channel. Anywhere else I missed? That's right. Adrian Matson on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. No, the standard outlets classic content kayaking maybe some some self-inflicted tattooing then if, that, if, that's, if that's a thing what people want to see you know just that easy these days uh, but I yeah think standard, really, standard outlets really i think we just need to set the next time that you and bren are going to cage fight i don't care what what we have to do <laughs> to get you there but we were really close last time i think this time we could get we, you there what do mate, we have to do to get you and bren in the cage i i don't know we now aim for 50k by the end of the year um but but i don't know if, if i think we should keep it more creative let's come up with something over the next few days maybe on your patron let's have the patron people give us some some input and some ideas and we can talk about it Oof. okay that's um that's a great a great little cliffhanger to leave it on there that's a wrap adrian <laughs> thanks a lot everyone else peace thank you buddy